0: Today, all over the world, there are thousands of Sino-Soviet intelligence agents with money to burn looking for unsuspecting targets for exploitation among members of our forces. The Sopranos, I just finished it. You know, it's considered one of the best TV shows of all time. Um, It really, anytime you talk about The Sopranos, people are like, oh, that's the show that, you know, we get the anti-hero from. It's like the first good anti-hero show. And and it's on HBO, so it wasn't on, <clears throat> it wasn't on cable. You didn't have to cut out, like, all the violence. Oh, this and morning, horror. got yourself a gun. You're gonna do
1: some things and gonna kill some dudes. That's Which exactly
0: like, how it goes, Matt.
2: It's like an awful song, but just works. It works for the opening. It's like, you know, be, because it's intros to show it's like you know i find myself like actually like wanting to listen to it because i'm like oh i know something good's coming but on its own what the fuck is that song even talking about what do you it, it's
0: moon. just a throwaway it's an intro it's an you intro get the we blue moon to-
2: in your eye it's a pie like, like what, what, what are we doing here folks
0: we don't what have to it? dive too far into it but it, it is timely that i just finished the series and cole you're you're watching the series currently sort of Yes,
2: a, a, a a I watched an episode like two days ago, um, and that's about a About an episode every two to five days. But it is,
0: it is timely because the Many Saints of Newark movie, which is a prequel to The Sopranos, is set to release around March sometime. I don't think there's a defined date, but so it's supposed to be out. coming out around March. And so yeah. um, finishing the series, you know, everybody talks about how good it is, and I have to say – yeah, it is, it is exactly as billed. Um, one, one thing I like about it is the amount of, like, philosophical uh, nuance there is in the, in the show. Um, just t- characters will go on random tangents sometimes, and you're like, why are they talking about these philosophers? Or You can tell David Chase has read a lot, and yes. he, him and his team of writers on the show um really are are well read and uh I was watching a like twenty minute long video today where it was a twenty year reunion from like a year ago last year was the twenty year reunion from the sh- when the show started
1: yeah yeah
0: and I think it was last year but anyway, um you had Eddie Falco saying like the thing one of the things that makes the sopranos so unique to even shows today is that it's a singular vision it's David Chase's vision you had very little pushback from the studio on anything at the end of the day a lot they said a lot of the stuff was David Chase's final decision and it it really helps the show and elevates it because you're not having things come out of nowhere uh Matt since you've also completed the show can you say honestly there was a single episode that you didn't like or wish wasn't in there
1: um, God, I don't know. It's been so long since I finished the show that honestly, I, it, if there's one episode that I didn't like, I probably wouldn't remember it. Yeah. Um, I think like, uh, I will say, um, something that's interesting though, is that, um, most shows aren't a one person's vision, you know, it's like a kind of a, uh, pain by numbers committee thing. Um, with a lot, especially with a lot of TV shows now. Um, I did read that, um,
0: Shut up. Cole, what is happening?
2: <laughs> I accepted on accident. I'm doing the
0: podcast. You. Doing the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> well, you're you're What is
0: happening?
2: <laughs> so she she like was calling me on Snapchat video. And I went to like kind of paw at my phone to stop it, and it just started coming on. <laughs> and then she, before I knew it, her full face was on my phone going, "Baby." <laughs> <laughs> like you know how you know how these rods do, uh, geez, yeah. Sure. Stuck your fucking
1: phone at the wall. Just start
2: throwing yeah. up.
1: <laughs> um, but yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of shows, a lot of TV shows, the showrunner will have final say on script approval, Um but then they have to get that to the the studio. Will like put pressure on um the the showrunner. So so a lot of shows are almost they're a heavily curated version of someone's vision, right? So like Buffy, right, is, is uh, a Joss Whedon show. So when they write scripts for Buffy, they had to go through uh, Joss Whedon, but Joss Whedon would have to like listen to what the studio says. They're like, hey, listen, you know, Buffy's not doing too good when you show too much of Spike or someone, right? And then, then Joss would go, okay, well, we need to write him out of the show, or we need to write someone in. I know. Um, some sorry, this is kind of going off on a little tangent about Buffy because <laughs> that's also Matt, a good show. But your um,
0: your internet connection's breaking up, so it's like it sounds like you're talking through a robot. Maybe turn off the video feed um, and see if that yeah, makes it better. And then just repeat, like repeat what you just said.
1: Okay, not to go off on too much of a tangent, but uh, Buffy uh, the show, like. He had to write scenarios, so the studio was pissed off at him because Spike is like this character. He's like a main vampire character, and he kind of joins the crew after um, the spinoff Angel happens. And what happens is that like vampires in that world burn in the sun. So he had to what what he would have to do is he'd have to come in to talk to the characters in, in middaylight in California, in a, on a blanket that was on fire and was steaming. So the prop department hated that because it was also endangering like the stunt people too, because they'd have to come in with a, a tarp over their head and it'd be steaming. And they're like, we can't keep doing this. And so he would have to write like around that. And the studio was like essentially telling him, Hey, listen, you can't do this. You have to write their meetings like in crypts and, and all that shit. So anyway, yeah, long story long, um, David Sopranos is the singular vision. Uh, mm-hmm. about uh, the David Chase's singular vision is about some dumbass dagos. So.
2: Yeah, it's um, it's um, you don't see it often, and it's uh, yeah, they have like a vision that's uncompromised. And uh, like, I mean, the influencer influences in the film are there, but it they come through in the film, in the mood, in the series are there but they come through in such a way that they make sense um, like in universe uh, which is a sense is like if they're sort of referencing different stuff It it's like it doesn't feel as if he's like pulling from anything because he is like these are characters that exist within the same universe as these things these things that obviously influenced his own sort of um, uh, thinking Right. But it doesn't come across that way because it's just like, oh, if he referenced this movie or, or it seems similar to this movie, it's like, well, these characters well, like to think of themselves it, as like, you know, it, or whatever. It's
1: really smart, too, because, like, these characters do think of the the whole show, and this is what I said, the reason why, like, lefty people or whatever really like The Sopranos is because the whole show is essentially about um, American exceptionalism being, like, a lie and failing in the post-9-11 world, which is, like, what happened pre, like, very pre and then immediately post-9-11, um, because 9-11 actually happened while the show was like being created. But the thing about it is, is like the whole thing is that like none of the wise guys or none of the mob, the mob's not what it's used to, right? Like not what it used to be. Um, and that's the biggest thing about the show is that this like inherently, even though it's an Italian institution, it's an American institution, right? Because it, it's operated yes. in America for so long that the American mob, is its own beast and it's failing, and it fails. And it's like, you know, they talk about, um, these like fake ideals. Like when, you know, uh, the, the best thing about it is, uh, when James Gandolfini says, you know, whatever happened to like the strong, silent type, right. There was never a strong silent type. They were just beating their wives and getting
2: drunk all the time. And, you know, stuff like that. Just Tony's not a strong, silent type either. He just fucking, he, he bitches more than anyone in the whole, in the whole show. Um, yeah, uh, I, so I've, I've been listening to, well, I listened to a couple episodes from this podcast called Pod Yourself a Gun, which is like they talk about individual, <laughs> it's pretty funny, like their theme intro song is just the song from the show, but like, it's like, woke up this morning, got yourself a pod, you know, like, he's like, he's puts his voice over it. It's pretty funny. Um, but yeah, I listened to a couple episodes of them talk about it. And um, it's interesting to, cause like the first season, I feel like when I watched the first season, there were a couple of bits in there where I was like, this, like a couple moments in the first season where I was like, okay, um, I guess I'm just waiting for like the, the exceptionalism of the show to kick in. Cause I kept being like, this is good so far, but I, I'm just like not seeing what sets it apart, and then it's sort of in the later first season, into the second season, where it really clicks for me. And I get, and I'm like, okay, I see. Here's where it starts to like sort of break out of the boundaries of like TV. And listening to this, this one podcast, I listened to a couple episodes where they talk about the first season, and I'm like, I see the same sentiment in there too. Um, uh. Which I, I just find it interesting because I do think it's a show that has its own character journey almost entirely as a show. It has its own character journey. Uh and involved in that is sort of the death of American exceptionalism, the America it's like as a thing failing. Um also just re listening to like Livia Soprano and being like, God, what a fucking evil, <laughs> evil character she is. It's great. Um yeah.
0: That's one of the things I fear is whenever I eventually go back to rewatch the series, you know, I got to give it some time. But uh, the first couple seasons with Livia Soprano, just some of those Livia moments, like those scenes in particular, are just unbearable uh, well, but, Just because yeah. of her character, not in a bad way, but just how because of her yeah. character.
1: That's one of the things that um, I was listening to the Y Theory podcast and one of the hosts actually did his like doctoral thesis on like, um, serial storytelling. Right. And he talks about how that serial storytelling actually seriously worked for the Sopranos because, um, when his mom, when, when, uh, Tony's, I can't remember the actress's name that took Tony. When she died, she died in real life. Right. So that's mm-hmm. why yes. they, they killed her off in the show. The whole point, like the Sopranos was going to end with, Tony's mom killing him right that was like a like a plot line that was they were leading up to and then when she you know tragically passed away or whatever they said okay well we have to start rewriting it and you got the you got the ending that you get which is honestly to me is an incredible ending and all
2: yeah it's yeah it's interesting in that same podcast they were talking about like how different would the show be if like Livia's actress kept going um and i think it would be an entirely different show and i'm not certain it would be as good um i don't know though that's it's just speculation um with that but
0: matt what um is it the end of season 2 where spoilers um pussy dies
1: um is that i thought that was in season is it yeah i, I think so cuz he leaves and he comes back yes
0: cuz for me the show feels like a little bit like a roller coaster where the you're talking about the slow rise in the first season and then it starts to pick up and for me like the real not climax but just what sent the show into the stratosphere was when pussy dies on the boat um i think that moment is just so jaw dropping and so well done and then everything after that is just you know on that same level did,
1: did you guys see that meme and it was, um, it was the, it was Chris, right? It was the yes, Chad, but it was Chris. Yes. And he was like, he was like, uh, I got it, Polly. I got the COVID-19 and then Pauly's like, get back in that fucking house and put your fucking mask back on. And someone <laughs> yeah, said, oh, this you. is so accurate. Polly would definitely tell people to put their mask on, but just so he could belittle them.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Which uh you know he's my I think he's my favorite character, Polly. I like him a lot.
2: It's great to see memes that follow character like the like the characteristics of those characters, but yeah i get, I think my favorite character from the show um who was my who what is my favorite character? Oh um short character, but the guy the guy who owned like this War goods store. <laughs> that
0: um, oh, no. just fucking
2: uh oh ran out. Oh that guy's that guy sucked in the best ways. I also really like Artie um like his just little misadventures. But that yeah, that guy from like I think the first or second season, um, who just like gets in debt to Tony, he's like Tony that
1: immediately
0: can, ruins it. Ruin it's so funny. It.
1: It. It's so funny because like the whole thing is that Tony um the whole point of that is like Tony's trying to do this like quote-unquote good thing right but like he's just he's a terrible person because he knows that this guy's a problem so like instead of being like yeah get the fuck out of here blah blah blah, because tony could like intimidate him to go he's just like oh this guy's gonna make me money
0: so he i forget if it's dr melfi or another character but in that plot line oh
1: actually sorry josh i just realized the episode that i don't like of the sopranos and you and i have already talked about it you said dr melfi it's the rape plot that goes nowhere
0: yeah, yeah. Like, I thought that was going to lead up to something. Nothing uh, big.
2: No payoff at
0: all. Right, which nothing like,
2: happens. Which, yeah, if you're gonna do something like that,
1: I the point. Like, I mean, you know, who knows? But it's just, it. I, I think that episode's kind of like the because it follows Melfi and stuff. Yeah, I mean. um, and calls her and her husband who hates Italians. So <laughs> like Italian culture or whatever.
0: I think. Yeah. I think my two top two favorite characters um, are Christopher because his storyline is so tragic on every level. He's constantly um, suffering because of choices he makes or because Tony. Oh yeah.
2: He's a, he builds a prison of his own making basically. Yeah.
0: He, he deals with substance abuse. Um, He has deep psychological issues. He's, uh, you want to root for like he's another, you know, anti hero in the show where you want to root for this guy. You want him to do well. And then he beats the shit out of Adriana and you can't, you know, abide by that. The the other character I like a lot is Carmela. I think her her arc and her just the, the she's so well written. And she's so believable in that role. I, I don't know if I like the character or if it's more so the just the actress and the performance she gives. Yeah. Which I mean you could say that like for almost every character in the show, just top notch performances. But yeah. Carmella having she's in denial about so many things, and she really gives you a look into what these wives of the mobsters are going through because they're all going through the same things. Um And time after time, she sees other women suffer tragedy and, you know, their husbands get killed, their sons get killed. And she's almost impervious to it all and in constant denial that anything bad could happen to her. Um, I don't know. I just their dynamic uh, really real and her acting really pushes those scenes forward. But, yeah, I'm excited for Many Saints of Newark. We're supposed to we're supposed to be getting a trailer here soon. Um, Oh, because we're almost three months out so we should be seeing a trailer soon
1: yeah um i think that i'm interested in seeing it but at the same time i'm kind of cautiously optimistic but Mm -hmm. i kind of want to say this to um pivot a little bit i don't know if you guys want to talk about you know like other things but um just to pivot a little bit one of the parts is like, like the sopranos right that is very interesting like we said earlier is that it's about like it's about um this American institution that's, you know, it's about all of American institutions, basically like going by the wayside and, and, you know, degrading to such a point that like, you can't even recognize them anymore. And and I think the, the, I think one of the things that happens in the show, uh, that's interesting is, um, AJ's character, right? Anthony jr. Mm -hmm. I really
0: like his character a lot, especially in the later seasons.
1: So he goes through this, like kind of like, a conflict of identity because he he's doesn't, he's not his father, right? He doesn't want to be his father. His father doesn't want him to, his father doesn't want him to be him. He doesn't want him to go into the the mob, but he wants him to be like a man, right? Like whatever that means. And so, AJ goes through like this trying to find himself phase and he's constantly like reinventing himself. Like there's, you know, episodes where he's like, I want to be a wedding planner. I want to, you know, run a block. Uh, he works at blockbuster for a while. He like, gets really into, like you said, Nietzsche and he, he, uh, he gets like nihilistic about everything and stuff. And then, you know, uh, he was going to go to college and then didn't. And just all these like kind of f- fail son things, right? Like AJ is like this kind of mm-hmm. prototypical fail son, in a way. But I think that what it is, is it's showing that like the American landscape is changing. It's not so cut and dry. You don't like, you know, go and work your, your job or whatever anymore and and work your nine to five or whatever. He's trying to find himself. And I think like one of the most indicting things that David Chase talks about when he talks about the Sopranos and the ending of the Sopranos, right? Well, like not to go into too many spoilers, but he says, you know, when the people, people ask him like, where would those characters be? Right, He always says, I don't think AJ ever found out what he wanted to do. I think he just constantly is like a failure, essentially, right? Yeah. Um, and what we were talking about before we started talking about The Sopranos and started recording the podcast was working, right? Like working, these, working a job. And I was saying that um, I, I experienced something. Similar to that, when I first started working, was I, I worked this job for two and a half years. My first job out of high school was work at delivery driver for Pizza Hut. And it's one of the only times and the most enthusiastic I've ever been about work until I just hated it. Right. Until it bogged me down and just like wore me down, essentially. Right. And ever since then, each subsequent job has been uh, and like I told you guys, there was another job. The longest I ever worked at a place was four years. Mm-hmm. And that was the job I recently, and that job was I, I worked there for four years, and I was like not enthusiastic about working there. I was like fine working there, right? Which was like the most I could hope for until like a year and a half in, I was like I want to blow my brains out every time I go in. You know? Yeah, so, and I think that's that. I think that's what happens, right? I think it, it just kind of like a, uh, as like I was saying, I've seen from kind of like AJ's experience where he's trying to like find what he wants to do and find himself or whatever. He's, he feels like a failure and that's the biggest thing that sets him apart. And from, um, from Tony, right. Cause Tony kind of had this, um, had this path almost laid out for him, right. He just went into the family business, right. And AJ can't go into the family business because he's, uh, you know, not a man, according to Tony. And he, he, he you know, like uh, Melfi says in the show, she's like, well, what's so wrong with your son stocking shelves at Blockbuster? So mm-hmm. he constantly has these external pressures put upon him to feel like a failure. But he, I mean, like in society's eyes, he is a failure, but like, how is he any more or less of a failure than Tony? Right? And I think that's the biggest yeah. thing about like, the changing landscape of America, especially during that time, is that it was shifting from these like institutions that you could trust and believe in and, and you know, like uh, things that were kind of known quantities, even if it's like a, a crime, right? Like the, the mafia. I mean, there's a lot of church influence too, right? Like church in the Sopranos is completely superfluous, right? The only time church is ever used is as a, Community organizing thing. Right. And it's even not really used for that in the Sopranos. It's just kind of a thing that they do. Right. It's like, like a leave any of it.
2: Yeah. It's it's a, um, like, like Polly, like has a thing where he feels like he's haunted or whatever, or is, you know, Chris has the vision of hell. Right. And tells Polly. And, and this is like one of the few times where like that does get brought in. Um, And what it does is just sort of reveal the – like the way that they all like – like you're talking about like them being in in denial. It's uh, denying like the fact that by their religion that they subscribe to, they're all going to hell to burn for eternity. There's like – it's a lock. It's a lock, right? Um, And – but like they don't ever – because it's like this is something – like they ascribe to only in to keep up appearances to do whatever. Like it, it restricts them in their actions in no way, shape, or form at all. It's right. like, which is like American religion. I feel like American Protestantism has that. Um, well, they're like, not Protestant. Uh, I know they're not Protestant. I'm saying they're Roman, the Roman Catholic. But by them being in America, mm-hmm. that affects how they practice that religion. Like the mafia becoming its own thing, like this sort of uh, idea of their religion becoming this, this thing where it's like, um, like they don't actually have to have this, um, relationship with the church, with religion, Mm -hmm. uh, follow any sort of, uh, uh, any sort of restrictions unless it's convenient, unless it's like, well, we can't get divorced. Like the church won't allow that, you know, stuff like that, um. And, and you know, yeah, usually, also, it's, it's I mean, like, the a, thing is yeah. like
1: your preconceived notions about like, you know, homosexuality and stuff comes from the church, but the church isn't like a, it's not an institution that they follow, right? Like none of them mm-hmm. are followers of the word or whatever. None of them are, you know, true believers. And that, that's like I was saying, like those institutions that are breaking down, especially, you know, during that time, like. And even more so now, you can kind of see like neoliberalism just like fucking plow its way through institutions. You have this like you have this longing. And I think, again, that's what Sopranos does so well is it kind of shows that there's this like longing for even a return and how false uh, we we had these false notions. And, you know, saying all that to tie into what like, again, we were talking about earlier is that like you you have these expectations, but they don't pan out right like they don't like all there's no i mean god like fucking thatcher said there was no society right like
0: Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) there's no such thing as society and i'm leaning like fucking spot the lie because we have all these people who are trying to you know when i get in my depressive funks or whatever i tell you i text you guys and just say goddamn i wish i was like a like a dumbass jet like chinese peasant or whatever and have the shogun fucking come and kill me you know (laughs)
2: like mixing, would be quiet. mixing up
1: your <laughs> yeah i know i, I did it on purpose okay. but okay but uh you know just have not a thought in my head and have the shogun kill me even if it means not living in like modernity right because modernity is like this fucking because of neoliberal capitalism modernity is this thing where it's like all of our social interactions and institutions have eroded to the point where we're just staring at fucking twitter all day and not talking to people and like you know not not experiencing what like we're not i mean you know becoming bug people <laughs>
0: which is also it's it's also yeah. intensified greatly because of covid like oh you yeah. know, all it's all the issues there. we were having before it's just covid completely isolates you um and yeah it's like a surprise more people aren't depressed i think like the the thing that a lot of people aren't talking about is just how many people are deeply, deeply saddened and miserable. You know,
1: that's what I was, uh, you know, I, I'll, I'll kind of just spill a little of, I, I've been, I got added to two new group chats and I'll just spill a little group chat. Um, okay. is that like we we're, were talking, I'm in a, a, a cult group chat. where We're talking about occult cult shit. And, um, one of the things that I kind of brought up was I was saying, you know, like, Hey, does anyone else feel like this pandemic has been like this, this view of this pandemic has been that, like, if you don't trust 100%, what everyone is saying, like you're a right wing nut job, right? Like you're an Alex Jones Q guy. If you start going, Hey, I don't know about taking this particular vaccine or, you know, um, you know, I don't think that all the, like, if you're not going to pay people to stay home, open everything back up. Right. Like that's if you say something like that, which is like shouldn't be a controversial statement in and of itself, it becomes this you're a conspiracy theorist guy. And I I even said in the group chat, I was like, you know, it's it's crazy because there's so many like I mean, like we were talking about um, in person, like off the pod, there's so many like deaths from despair related to covid there's going to be a lot of like health problems related to just isolating you know yourself like both mental and physical um there's going to be a lot of uh you know um there there is a lot of like child abuse that's going on currently uh because of school closing and, and everything and um you kind of you can't like open everything up right because it's like a but, but what i'm saying is like the government fucked it up right and if you say that hey the government fucked it up we either need to open everything up or shut everything down but pay people you're just a yes. crazy
0: person is that the reaction you got in your group chat Was is it no, like- no,
1: no it, it wasn't at all people were saying like i was kind of doing this whole like uh joking thing about believe science and i was like believe science people and i like sent a a screenshot of scientific racism right? like <laughs> right and they were, like scientists have never been wrong about anything folks like they've never been wrong they've never been political you know this is the truth we we're talking about yeah. how science is religion too so
2: well yeah it's um there is this sort of sentiment like we believe science in this household like this idea that science like it's been adopted as like a platitude like and, you know, it's it's like uh, – and then, you know, like John – like can I, can I, I was going to say John Ossoff, like, too, like his ads now, which the ads, like, I don't know. Like, I don't watch really only, – I only watch, like, Football and Jeopardy and such, but the ads, like the political ads are fucking incessant. Yeah. Just constantly – like I'm Raphael Warnock and I love dogs. I'm Kelly Luffler and I didn't do anything wrong with the stocks. Stop asking me about it. I'm here for do. I also didn't do anything bad about the stocks, you know, Yeah. like just fucking constant. Like there should be like a cap, like, well, first of all, no commercials at all. But if you're going to have these fucking commercial, there should be a cap of like one every 30 minutes or something like that. Cause it's just every single time. And like, sometimes they're just back to back. Like, Like God, just sell me some like, sell me some like bug paste flavored with like barbecue or (laughs) sauce. You know, sell me like a like a like a like you know whatever. Just please, no more fucking ads. Um, like I thought the election would be over, but nope, we get to go to a runoff. So (laughs) it's another month and a half of this. Um, anyway, um, yeah, even John Ossoff in his ads are like, oh, you know, we're gonna believe the scientists. It's like, um. Like and it's people, a completely empty platitude, right? Just like you can because people don't I, I feel like people don't really grasp the scientific process sometimes, which is like which says, you know, like information will change. And that can be a, that can mean that you will believe a bad thing. Like you will believe like do, how Dr. Fauci did in the, in the first few months of this and go out there and say, don't wear a mask like don't wear a mask only like people like only healthcare workers need to wear a mask. Everyone else don't wear a mask. Mm-hmm. And then when that became patently like a bad piece of advice, when information changed, then he, you know, it's Fauci going out there again, the same guy saying, put your mask back on or put your mask on. So it's it like, it, it's not this like universal, like, yes, if you believe science, you know, if you just believe in science without understanding the process behind it, like, you know, you can and you can be skeptical of what they're putting out there because it could be wrong. It could, and they could change eventually. Mm-hmm. Their their uh, whatever their um, uh, thesis or whatever, hypothesis. but their yeah. hypothesis, right? So it being like not like being skeptical of science, which I, there are plenty of people who, no matter how like this stuff was no, communicated right honestly would would be like no I'm like totally like would would totally never buy into it.
0: But well, then there the are shit? plenty of
2: other people who like who who would if it's communicated properly why who would like would believe in science.
1: They need to on. stop having like cnn and bill gates needs to stop pushing this fucking vaccine so hard because i was like saying in my group chat i was like i was completely like yeah fuck it i'll take the vaccine whatever blah blah and like bill gates got on there fucking 40 billion times and was like i think everyone should take this pfizer vaccine or whatever and i'm just like no i'm good like i'm not right anymore like i I, I call me a crazy conspiracy theorist or whatever but i don't trust him you know and then there's a uh Oh, uh, the, the, they had that girl, the the old lady in England, the first person who got the COVID vaccine, right? I don't know if you guys saw that or not, but that yeah, was a yeah. big story for a minute. And uh, I was like watching CNN, and um, I was like, when when that happened, and she was like, honestly, it wasn't that bad. I got it, and you should too. And I'm like, in six months, she's going to be super into fucking Yu Gi Oh. She's going to be because she's because it causes autism. What's wrong? <laughs> <laughs> She's going to be like, I really like
0: trains now. <laughs> the, the biggest indictment against the whole believe science movement is we have Joe Biden saying, I believe scientists, but I won't ban fracking. Right. So yeah, it's like completely yeah, empty. Really yeah.
1: And well, then like the CDC lost all credibility when they said, hey, if you have covid, you can go out and vote. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. they, it's crazy because Trump, Trump rallies are super spreader events, but protests are fine. Like,
0: yeah. And like we went to protests and you could say, well, there is a difference because like people, at the protests are wearing masks or whatever. And Trump rallies, they don't. But in reality, I mean, it's not that much different mass and
2: gatherings and of people. Let's is.
0: Yeah. the thing is, it's not saying that like protests are good and Trump rallies are bad. Let's just be honest and say what they are, you know, and and. Like, allow freedom, I guess, if that's how you're going to do it. Don't don't show bias like towards one group or the other. Um, oh, but the, the thing about vaccines, Matt, because you mentioned earlier, like your um, skepticism over the vaccines. I now anytime I go on online, there's vaccine information everywhere. And I am totally starting to understand where you're coming from, where like. Why are they pushing it so hard? It almost seems suspicious that there's this we're a unified front going forward. Like the vaccine's good and they're pushing
2: it. I think part of it is like, well, I think I think the main motivation is they're pushing it. So they're like, everything's fine now. It'll go back to normal. Take it. Take the fucking Mm -hmm. vaccine. It'll be take your fucking medicine. Right. Um, Which is like, I don't think like. Like I, I envision this being this whole fight over the vaccine.
1: You're a one. Got a COVID nineteen vaccine in twenty 2020
0: twenty or twenty twenty one. Call one eight hundred. Because they are rushing it. They are doing like emergency. Yes, yeah, they're processing.
2: rushing it. like, I've already seen at least one story be like, like people have had severe allergic reactions to it, and so they're saying if you have severe allergies, don't take it. I'm like, well, what's a severe allergy? They like, said what. That-
1: They said, okay, so this is the thing, Snopes, right? This is posted in the group chat. Snopes said that, they said, can the COVID vaccine, the Pfizer COVID vaccine, can it cause infertility, right? And Snopes said, oh, it's false. And then in the same paragraph, they said, oh, well, it's been shown that it can break down uh, proteins. I don't understand science, so, you know, I don't believe science. So (laughs) it said that it could do something and fuck with the like a placenta, right? It can fuck with like a woman's reproductive capacities. It yeah. says this in the thing, right? And I'm just like, well, so you're saying it's false, but then you're saying it's true. You know, like within the thing, you're saying, well, you know, the COVID vaccine doesn't cause infertility, but it can. It's like what are what are we saying here? You know? Like, this
0: isn't a huge deal because this isn't um just Apply to the coronavirus vaccine. This happens to a lot of other vaccines, but I was reading that, uh, usually, so the COVID vaccine, I think it's, no matter what brand you get, it comes in two doses. So you take the first dose and then three weeks later, you take a second dose. That's when you get the microchips is the second dose. Um, <laughs> no, but the first dose, um, they said that it's usually completely fine. You might feel a little stiffness, maybe a little sick. It's like a flu shot. Mm -hmm. And then this guy said that the second one you get, you, the symptoms are more severe. And so you get like a mini COVID experience where you'll get a fever, you'll get more stiffness. And I'm obviously this does not apply to everybody, it might be more common, we don't know, but but saying there's no risk involved with the vaccines it's just, is also not believing science in a way. Yes.
1: Well, yeah, it's it's just like you know empirically and scientifically false. And I, I think that the biggest thing about um, the here's the thing is you can say all you want to, okay, like yeah, people who are saying Bill Gates is going to insert microchips into the vaccine and track you is kind of weird. But let me, okay. Right, it's the same thing with um, what the fuck was that documentary that everyone was talking about? I think it's called the social dilemma. Or social the, dilemma,
2: yeah, yeah. Is that yeah. the one where
1: it talks about Facebook and how they're using data?
2: Yeah, I think so. I think so. Uh,
1: it, well, there's okay, so there's this documentary that talks about how companies. It's like use
2: semi-dramatized too, so it's like a combination.
1: It, yeah, them. there's this there's this documentary that talks about how companies use your data, and they say, okay, well, like. You know how people always say, oh, well, they're listening to us on our phones, right? They're they're like, because if you go on Facebook, you can see an ad for something that you just thought about buying, right? Like, yeah. it's screwed because they're listening to you. They're reading your thoughts or whatever. And I always tell people like that, I say, well, honestly, it's more horrifying than that. They're not, like, listening <laughs> yeah. to your conversation. They're not reading your thoughts. They created an algorithm that's so good that it, it sees what it, – it shows you – what you're thinking before you think it. Right? Like it's even more horrible than just I'm reading your thoughts or whatever. And this is a thing with the COVID vaccine that I was going to say is that they're not injecting fucking microchicks into people, but it is a measure, it is a political measure of control to a certain extent because there's a lot of like information going out there being like, okay, well, if you don't get the COVID uh, vaccine, you know, we need need to trace it somehow, right? So people were going to like, Put people have this the spread map and see where people are and have these these this app that can track people with COVID and stuff like that and people who have taken the COVID vaccine or not so they aren't they aren't putting tr- microchips in your body but they are tracking who like who gets in who doesn't like you're crazy if you think they're not and there's like different like again living in like a fucking hell world or whatever there's different like measures of control where they're like you can't go see. Mamma and Papa for thanksgiving and you can't yeah. have sex if you don't live with the person the same person um but at the same time you know you can go out and do these um you know these chase or bank of america fucking backed protests.
2: so yeah
0: I no it's sure. um
2: it's a uh, yeah it's it's going to be one of those things, I think. What's going to turn into when they start when they start sort of rolling out with it is that um, it'll it'll become like this, uh, um, just like like how like sort of like wear your mask beca- has become this sort of like cultural slogan, like um, uh, something that's kind of like used like um, but used by like blue checks to be like you know, oh, it's coming down to like people's individual responsibility for this thing. It's going to turn into like, we'll get the vaccine, you know, same thing. And I'm not saying like every single person who like may refuse to get it, it will put the same thought that we're putting into it, right? The same reasoning that we use. I think plenty of people are just um, either sort of convinced by anti-vax logic or are just I mean, politically, we'll be like, "I'm not getting Joe Biden's vaccine," which is like, you know, you know, illogical. But at the same time, it's like we'll like if say Matt, you don't, you know, you don't get it, like you'll get lumped in with those folks because it's it, it's like with everything, it's become a culture war issue. Um, I don't know. I, I I've never had the flu vaccine um or if i did have it i was very young i've never like when it when you know flu shots come around i never get them because i never i never never got the flu i don't like i can't recall yeah i mean
1: whatever. i've but never i've never had the flu and i've only had one flu shot ever yeah and i've had adult croup, but that was there's no
0: shot so, yearly shot for that the flu vaccine again like the sentiment has been said about COVID. it's a lot of times with the flu the flu vaccine is not for you, it's for the elderly, it's for your grandparents, it's for your parents, because, like, you taking it helps you to not spread it, doesn't mean you're not going to get it, or whatever. Um, yeah, we'll have to, We'll just have to wait and see, because there still are yeah. a lot of questions out there. Um, but to kind of sum up what we've all been saying is, like, having healthy skepticism towards a, any subject, whether it's a vaccine or it's important because that is part of science is like we're not saying we're scientists, but you know what I'm saying, like questioning things isn't inherently wrong. Um it doesn't make lump you in with a certain type. And with the whole belief science thing, it's again politicizing science. It's creating this dichotomy that there's like the good side and the bad side and there's no nuance to it at all. Um, And so that's why it's dumb and stupid.
2: Yeah. Well we'll We'll be lucky because we'll we're so you know they're rolling it out and giving it to good groups of people you know obviously the um the most important people will get it first, which is the elderly like sick oh, no, also I was wall say street,
0: celebrities
2: wall street bankers celebrities um like uh, uh baked goods bloggers will get it um blue check journalists all the all the all the people who contribute the most to society will get it and then by the by the time we get it right. Um, you know, around like probably like March, April, uh, we'll get we'll probably get to see like we'll have some idea of what it does, right? Like when Chrissy Teigen like morphs into like a praying mantis on stage, we'll know. Okay, we probably shouldn't get this. Uh, probably shouldn't get this vaccine just yet.
0: Um, <laughs> one last quick thing about the whole vaccine talk is um, studies have shown that. Your antibodies, just like the flu, don't last forever, right? And the virus changes. Yeah. So we don't even know how effective the vaccine is gonna be long term. You might have to get yes. one in a couple months. We don't know. So there's just so many questions we have to Yeah. Well, I envision
2: yeah. this being a cycle
0: of just same with the flu vaccine, you also vaccine, have to get the COVID walk-down. vaccine every year. Yeah.
1: And here's here's the thing, right? Like I hate there, there's two things that I really hate about the whole like vaccine discourse. The first one is that the belief science crowd bump you in with fucking um, like QAnon truth or anti-vaxxers. If you say, hey, I'm not getting the vaccine because I don't think I need it. Right. Like I don't trust. Yeah, I don't trust explicitly. Right. Um, Because, I mean, there is like a a danger there. If you're not going to get COVID and you take the vaccine, you get COVID. I mean, there's, you know, a danger there. But also science isn't this like unfallible like infallible thing right like i said it's been proven wrong many times like science isn't religion right it's not the all-knowing truth science is a it's is a method of uh inquiry right it's it's you know natural philosophy it's it's philosophy about the natural world um yeah
2: it's yeah yeah. i would say believe science right it's Believe things that have been proven empirically true through science but so yeah again science gets things wrong science is they're like with something new like covid they are going to be arriving at like like this idea of like surface contact like uh i remember the thing being like covid lasts on the surface you have to wipe down everything make sure it's crystal clear because it's going to be on it could be on there for like 10 days and then that's not true like like actually like contracting COVID through a surface contact is very, at least compared to just, you know, you know, breathing it in from someone's mouth. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's just not the same danger. So all this like need to disinfect everything. It's, it's not the, it's not the, you're not most likely not going to get it from like touching something and then putting your fingers in your mouth, which we all do. I love
0: how, um, any grocery store you walk into, they'll have wipes so where you can wipe down your car. It's like, bitch, it's not on your hands. It's it's traveling through the, the moisture from your breath. Like, yeah, it's and and that's kind of where I know, I know we've talked about this a lot. But again, final thing, um, the whole wearing the mask, like the masks help, but they're almost they can hurt us in the fact that we become too confident. Like, okay, I'm safe because I'm wearing the mask. Even though the molecules are still traveling, you can still get it if you wear a mask. It's yeah. almost like uh, a, a societal uh, – what's the word?
2: It's like in football. It's like they're all wearing helmets, so they smash their fucking yeah. skulls against each other as hard as possible because they think they're protected.
0: And meanwhile, yeah. players are getting CTE, uh, yeah, but they yeah, feel safe. Yeah, it's more of a feeling thing. Um what, really quickly, I want to talk about some of the protests that are going on, like for the last 10 minutes. Um, are you guys have you guys been following the protests in either India or France? Oh,
2: no. oh, well, uh, <laughs> the uh, the Indian uh, protest. I, uh, you know, I don't know if you guys saw the, the, the discourse over that very briefly. just the, All right. Quick, Cole, do your do
1: your Indian protester impersonation? <laughs>
2: Hey guys, I'm Indian. I'm protesting over here. Um, hey. Anyway, um, this I'm a fucking guy from Bengal over here. You know, come uh, on, you know, you know fucking
1: um, Pakistani, fucking
2: Moons. Come on. Okay, um, no, like that one gun girl. If you remember the, the great um, gun girl debacle of a few like a month or so ago, um, one of Merrick, I think, Christ. is her name. Yeah, Did this thing where she was like, holy, no one's talking about it, but on left Twitter. That's so amazing. And then like a bunch of people were it, And then like the, the very next thing she puts under it is to be like, go to my OnlyFans, guys. Like, <laughs> like, which it's, it's not just her. I'll give her this. Yeah. It's not just her. Every fucking person does that. Now, if you have a viral tweet, you look under it. It's like eight different tweets of them hawking their shit, which yeah. is the most annoying thing. But Wow, and, guys,
1: it, this really blew up. Check out my SoundCloud.
2: Exactly. Check out this. I make like lampshades out of like cat fur and 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 seagull shit. Like, buy it. Um, and so, like, you know, she does the thing weird is,
1: looking too. Like, I don't know who the fuck's getting her OnlyFans.
2: The big titties. Um, you know,
0: <laughs> no, okay. No, no, yeah, Cole's you know, already yeah. subscribed, so it's, don't, it's, don't, it's, I get it.
2: I do get it. Um, but you know, it, and it's like, it, it's a, Right. If, if it's like okay, why are you like? What's what's annoying about that? It's taking this right, which is an actual struggle, a, proletari- a pro- the struggle of the proletariat in India, and then immediately attaching yourself to it and going, hey, if you like this, which is just a tweet about something happening i've not done anything i've just said this thing exists right mm-hmm. and said oh I didn't, and I didn't know about it except for left twitter and then going now that you're here like buy this my personal brand of services which is titty pictures
1: yeah and that's doing what, the that's real like
2: the, the annoying bit to it right yeah which is like leave it there whatever and then it's like her like Doubling, tripling down on it being like, no, no, like you, like you guys are being like, uh, not sex work positive or or something like, like, all right, honey. All right. You know, you, yeah, you've, 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 you've proven you have more brain damage than I do. So you win this one. Um, anyway, that's, that's totally besides (laughs) the point that in India, there's like a quarter billion people, protesting and they look cool as shit they're riding elephants uh which is a vegan you know mixed feelings but you know they've got like a a hammer and sickle flag flying it's really like they're you know it's really cool it's outwardly marxist and like it's cool as shit yeah
0: so quick background um my the sources are coming from slate uh and associated press every major news organization is talking about this it's the largest protest in history for reference uh You guys remember a few months ago uh, the protests that were going on in the U.S. where you saw protests happening in almost every major city across Mm -hmm. the entire country. That peaked, I think they said, there's about 25 million people that participated in those protests in the United States. Huge record numbers of people. This is 10 times bigger than that. Um, You have 250 million people in India supporting this protest. And so... um, the background on it is that India, while it's becoming becoming a first world country, still very agrarian. Sixty percent mm-hmm. of the population require, uh, requires requires agricultural for work, um, not just not including their food, but like actually their work their workforce is in agriculture, and they're some of the poorest and most disenfranchised farmers of any country in India. Um, mm-hmm. So you have a large population over half the country that is destitute and relying on agriculture. So they're very affected by this. And there were laws that were being passed uh, by Modi. And I don't know exactly how the Indian parliament works, but the article made it seem like this was from Modi himself. He was stiff-arming parliament to pass this through because he really wanted it. And essentially what it would do is deregulate the agricultural industry, which on its surface, if you're an American, you're like, well, what's so bad about that? Yeah, that's but great. what it would do is it would make it so the government wouldn't have to pay fair prices for the uh, grains or whatever they're buying from the farmers. And basically, large international companies would be able to push out farmers and these poor farmers would get hurt even more. And so the, the way they mobilized is incredible. At first, it was just, um, a couple farmers. when I say a couple, I'm talking like thousands of farmers in Punjab, which is a highly agrarian area in the Mm -hmm. Northwest of India, I believe. Mm -hmm. And they were met by huge backlash. Um, you know, tear gas, the whole nine yards. And that was caught on camera, and everybody saw it. And you had the entire country unite, essentially, um, and rise up, and in, in many major cities and, and in the capital, to protest. They had a 24-hour general strike, which organizing for that is just ridiculous. Like, can you guys imagine anything like that happen in the U.S. where we have the entire country, you know? Two hundred fifty million people go on a on a strike. I, yeah. Obviously, there's a ratio of population or whatever, but that would be that's a substantial part of our workforce going on strike. And what's amazing is um, some local, like uh, basically their Whole Foods or whatever, their grocery stores. Mm-hmm. They even shut down during the strike in like support of the protests yeah. and. A little background about Indian politics is Modi, their president, and their and basically their their ruling party is like right wing nationalists.
2: Oh, he's and, Hindu nationalist, like 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 virulently Islamophobic. Um, like as before, he was um, prime minister in whatever sort of like like uh, I don't know if they have states or provinces um, level. Like saw to like 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 deaths of Muslims under his his. Uh, you know, watch whatever. So like, he's very much like a, like pretty much a, like, if not a crypto, like a, like a crypto fascist, if not just a full on like fascist.
0: And what's amazing is y- you, you hear something like that and you're like, there's no way he would even, you know, he's got to be strong on these protesters. And you're probably is saying a lot of the same things Trump said about the protest here, but it looks like the, so far it it's working. They, he's yeah. already made concessions um and what's amazing is the organizers who met with him said no that's not good enough and they're yeah. going to continue to protest so you're seeing real change obviously um you know it doesn't guarantee success but it it should not be understated that we've never seen anything of this scale ever you know it's one of the great proletariat uprisings of our time uh it's not mm-hmm. a violent revolution But it is a protest, and I think that the Indian people should be, um, you know, applauded for that,
1: yeah. Solidarity, of course. Um, it in China when Mao took power, didn't it? Didn't uh, he use like the peasantry, right? He basically Um, used a lot of the peasantry, well, well, yeah.
2: The so the um, so like Maoism, um, sort of like the the sort of the way that like. Marxism and communism in China emerged um, like sort of like Russia was based around th- these this um, this industrial proletariat and, you know, the bourgeoisie and like this sort of old monarchy, monarchical system in place. And so like that's you see like uh, and so that that's like as far as like the groundwork for like a traditional like Marxist. But like Russia was still kind of pretty agrarian, too. Um, but you know, you, you, have this, like, like the, the, like the revolution. Well, itself Lenin, Lenin
1: separated the proletariat and the peasants, right? Yes. Like, like it was two different factions, whereas Mao more kind of combined the two, right? But, like Matt, it was like, more yes. of a peasant yeah. revolution instead of a proletarian revolution.
2: Yes. In China, it's it centered around peasants and that's why you have sort of the landlord landowner relationship be so pronounced, in Maoism because that was the 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 real sort of like if we're thinking of like the bourgeoisie and the proletariat, really in China it was the landlord and the peasant. And so that's um that's uh like the the way sort of like like Marxism becomes Maoism in China. And Maoism is also focused on like the idea of like yeah violent sort of peasant insurrection. Um you know like this uh you know you have these uh, the peasantry is armed and works, you know, violently, uh, through, you know, either asymmetrical warfare or whatever. Um, any case you're generally right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So it's, it's incredible. I'll have to talk to my roommate to see if he's gotten any word from back home. Cause he's, he's actually from India. Um, but he's. Probably uh, working for the CIA because he just leaves and is gone for months at a time. No, he says Josh. In Pennsylvania. Josh, he ruined it. He doesn't work for the CIA. <laughs> he works for the British
1: Crown. He's an That's imperial right, MI6 agent. MI6,
0: yeah. Yeah. He's,
1: he and Josh was like he's Indian. And I'm like, yeah. He of course he works for the British Crown. He keeps the Indian Empire under control.
2: He longs for the uh, yeah. He's he longs for the return of Queen Victoria. You know. You know, he's a very specific sort of nationalist for that.
0: (laughs) And then the other, there's protests happening around the entire world, but the other major protest that's in the news, uh, not as big of a scale, but interesting is happening in France where they are... God damn, did someone fucking steal their croissants?
2: (laughs) Yeah, like there there was a... Yeah, on their three-hour lunch breaks, like they didn't yeah. get the, the 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 required. They
1: stole. They stole of cigarettes. I'm going to burn down Parliament. Yeah, <laughs>
0: it is, oh, is slightly more serious than that because okay. they were trying to pass a bill. Their Congress was trying to pass a bill. I don't know if they have a Parliament or Congress, but whatever. Uh, their legislative it's body. Par- trying, parliament. Their legislative body was trying to pass a bill that would make it illegal to film police officers. -hmm. Um and the and then like a couple days ago you had racial violence by the police against um like a black music producer that made it viral or whatever. And so it just goes to show like racial problems aren't um we're not like the US isn't alone with racial issues, like it's a global it's a global pandemic um but yeah they're they're still protesting man they haven't they haven't stopped
1: damn yeah they. i mean those motherfuckers never stop they protesting. don't stop oh we, we. i'm so sorry i did not get to fuck the 13 year old that i wanted he just fucking burns down notre dame because of that you know yeah. again um what was i going to say about france protesting um yeah. Besides my shitty friends, friends always protests uh, joke. I don't really have anything, that completely went out of I mean, my head. There was, I was like, doing, a, I, th- huh?
2: I know um, a few weeks ago there was um, Macron um, had like there was this whole like basically very uh, most sort of outwardly Islamophobic law like uh, put into place like banning certain headwear and making it like a like a like a offense you could go to jail for and stuff. And, and and worse things than that, though that was um that's that's been like a like like head like 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 headwear being like a thing. France and, has a very,
1: very complex history with like Islam. <laughs> like Yeah. I I, I I, think, I I forgot I think I was I think it was red scare so take this with a 100% grain of salt but they were talking about the there was a a, a there's an attack or something in France uh, near the remember Charlie Hebdo remember yeah Charlie okay was. so there was like a a thing that happened again concerning that and the the prophet muhammad right yes. depicting the the prophet muhammad and it was like a, an attack on on somebody
0: who worked at the charlie hebdo shit well there was one uh recently where there was like a middle school or high school teacher who showed a charlie hebdo comic and then was publicly executed like, a, yeah, like the beheaded. next day
2: yeah.
0: in france yes
2: it happened in france it wasn't it wasn't i don't think it was public like a. it was just they got beheaded yeah
1: god yeah i don't i mean i don't really again the red scare was like we don't like (laughs) like france's racism towards muslims i mean it's it's a complex issue to say the
2: least (laughs) well it 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 goes into like the like colonialism like like france having um having you know dominated algeria and morocco for a long time and the breakup uh the you know algeria's war of independence from france um was particularly particularly brutal um and left a long it, like there's like lo- like tensions and, and and just um i mean rightful uh uh grievances from you know algerian Muslims but also just Muslims in general against France. Um
1: you know Derrida the- was uh Algerian um he was an Algerian Jew. Mm-hmm so I don't know if you got you, well, you guys know about Derrida, but yeah, he was a Algerian Jew, and he said that he felt like an outsider in France. Oh,
2: yeah. yeah. So.
0: Um. Anything else uh, that's on the tip of your tongues before we, we say goodbye for the?
1: I'm. I, I want to end on a um, not revolutionary note, and just say that I um, I finished the Queen's Gambit. Right. Okay, I and I have. I have to say it was good. Uh, I have to say it was, uh, I I hope you guys liked my tweet about girls with autism versus guys with autism. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's true. But um, the thing about the Queen's Gambit, I have to say this, is, okay, so you know how Netflix has been really weirdly pushing this like anti-Soviet messaging on a lot of their shows recently? Mm Mm-hmm. Like this, Are you
0: talking about with Umbrella Academy, was it Umbrella well, Academy?
1: Yes, it's Umbrella Academy, but it was also with Stranger Things, and there's a and lot I think of in like the
2: Crown Margaret Thatcher's been featured. And, um, I don't know how if she's coming, I don't know how she's coming across. I've seen people just say so there's, the one
0: clip I saw of Margaret Thatcher, she was bashing the IRA. That was it, okay? Yeah, so there's just been
1: a lot, yeah, well, fuck her, but there's just been a lot of um you know a lot of uh anti like red scare kind of like scaring up of the thing but the the queen's gambit actually didn't like there was kind of this thing there's this uh, there's this weird part i'll just say this there's this weird part where he talks about how he's like oh you know because she's she's going to the soviet union to face the the chess People, right. Like she's like, oh, Soviets have like incredible chess players because that's all they do. And they like revere them and they train them and they pay them well to beat like people. And one of the guys is like, well, the reason they do that is because like Americans and our rugged individualism is like, you know, oh, yeah, of course, it's a bad, like uh, a bad thing. We can't work together, but they like work together. And like the the ending is like her working together with the other like American chess players to beat the Russian guy. Right. Um, mm-hmm. of course but the thing about it is like what's cool about it is it's not super anti Soviet Union because there's like this part there's this like bittersweet moment where she realizes that like the Soviet Union cares more about chess than America does and she's like happy yeah. right and she's there's like this kind of um, complete spoilers for the show there's this kind of like moment where um, she kind of like it. It seems like she's going to. Um, it it seems like she's going to stay in the Soviet Union. So.
2: Okay, that's cool. dude. yeah. I um. I just knew about it was about chess, and that it starred the Anya Taylor Joy, who I think is. A, I like her as an actress. So.
1: Yeah, she's also okay. Before we go, though, one last thing: Is she attractive or not, Joshua? Yes. Cole, Is she, Anya Taylor Joy attractive? Extremely
0: attractive. Yes, yeah.
1: absolutely. Agree. I think she's weird. Weirdly, like attractive.
0: Yeah, no, really attractive. She have to be weirdly, ways. she's just attractive.
1: No. no, no, no. I think she's like weird-looking, attractive, like weirdly attractive. Yeah, I think I don't.
0: She's, I don't think she's weird-looking. I don't look, think she's, she's like a
1: conventional, very
0: very I get, conventional. I give. I give her. She's a she trad
1: wife. <laughs> sure, she doesn't have a conventional like attractiveness about her. She's not like a supermodel or whatever, or. Uh, she's not a supermodel, and she's not like you know, big ass, big titties or whatever. She's big
0: hey, titties. She got those.
1: No. Do girls think
0: <laughs> James Gandolfini's hot?
1: There are some, yeah. There are some yeah, women so. who who find James Gandolfini hot, which is hilarious because like Tony Slay is complete pussy in that show. <laughs> <laughs> it is so funny, and the only person he the re- besides Melfi he wants to fuck really bad but can't is a uh, uh, Charmaine Bucco. Mm-hmm. Or whatever, or what's it? What's yeah, that's right. Yeah, okay. Who, yeah, anyway.
0: All right, all right. Goodbye, boys.
1: See ya.